and welcome to another episode of Personal Al Battles. I am your host, Al, and this is a podcast all about mental health, the battles that we face, how we fall, but more importantly, how we get back up and keep pushing forward. In a world that sometimes can be dark and scary, let's try through this podcast to spread some light, love, and laughs, if we can. Highs and lows. Wait, wait, what? What's happening? Yeah. Highs and lows is in the bin. Going forward, it's just about my week. I'm going to move away from highs and lows, as I found it can be toxic for me looking for the negatives and focusing upon it. It is something I would do. Yes, some weeks it's obvious what my lows are, but other weeks I don't want to go hunting for them, as I know I can get stuck on them. This podcast is not just about helping others out there, but also helping me and discover things about myself. This way, I've discovered that one of them is to learn what my triggers are, change and adapt. So looking for the negative is a trigger for me, because I can then get stuck on it. So, let's keep moving forward. Okay then, my week. This week, I've been catching up on Taskmaster, the holiday special and the champion of champions episode now taskmaster is probably my favorite tv show i absolutely love it it's my kind of humor it also has a special place in my heart because it's probably my daughter's favorite show as well so when she's with me because i've joined custody of megan uh, when she's not with her mom and she's with me we will just sit on the sofa and watch reruns of taskmaster and when i'm watching them and she's not with me it just takes me back to those moments when we are together. So Taskmaster will always be very special to me. I love it. And it reminds me of the laughs that we have on the sofa together. Just daddy and daughter. Yeah. The little things. On Saturday, I volunteered at my local park run as photographer. I was given a high visibility jacket that on the back said, Volunteer! And I think that helps me be more approachable to people because after the run, I had so many people just coming up and talking to me and just telling me about their day. And that was nice. So doing something like that gets my face out there and people realise I'm not just a really big scary giant. I'm a nice guy, honest. Have a sense of place in your community. It's really important as people will support you, look out for you, talk to you and miss you if you're not there. You're there for them. And they're there for you. Give something back. Catching up with Cole. <coughs> Let's into a secret. I like using that previous squeaky toy sound effect. Because one listener said it drives her dog mad. So they jump up and thinks it's a squeaky toy super episode. <laughs> so that's for the dog listeners out there. Go for it. Go find it. Where is it? <coughs> Fetch. Yes, sorry about that, just catering to the dog listeners of the podcast. Now, catching up with Col, for those who don't know, Colin is a swan. Yes, I get life advice, and so do you, from a swan. This week I was talking to him, yes, I talked to a swan in a park, with lots of other swans. It was when I was volunteering at Parkrun, I was sitting in the field on my own, surrounded by swans, having a meeting, so it might look a bit strange, but I was asking Col and his friends, his chums, to go stand somewhere as then runners would be stuck and couldn't get around them so would start some swan hurdles i thought that'd be quite funny but cole being cole 
this week, even though he's done it every other week, and I was poised this week with my camera, decided, nah, I'm not doing it this week. So there's life advice again. Just because someone tells you to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. Even if they are a giant and incredibly handsome, you don't have to do anything you don't want to. Be a swan. Be cold. Just say, no, I'm not doing that, weirdo. I don't understand English today. I'm a swan. Okay, no more listening to me. I've got a battle guest this week. What? Who let the studio audience into my personal Al studio? Get out! That's just mean. This week's battle guest is Luke. Now, Luke wants to come onto the show to talk about his good friend, Dean. The challenge that he set himself and why he's fundraising for this challenge. So, everybody, welcome Luke to the podcast. Hi, Luke. Thanks for coming onto the show. Thanks very much for having me. Before we start and get into the uh, the heavier stuff, let's start with the light stuff, the friendly fire question. Now, this was set by our previous battle guests, and that was by Ben. So Ben's asking you a question, Luke, and it is, what would be your number one tip when someone's struggling? So my tip would be, when somebody says, are you okay? Actually wait for the answer. Be yeah. <laughs> interested in the answer. Yeah, don't say, don't use "Are you okay?" as a as a hello gesture. Are you okay? You all right? And walk away. Absolutely. That person might want to, that person might want to talk to you, and you've just started a conversation. Then walked away. Or don't roll your eyes when that person goes no. Ugh. Well, actually, no. Person, oh, yeah. And that person goes, oh yeah, that person really didn't want to listen to this. <laughs> Well done. You made that person feel even worse within a second. So yeah, absolutely. Be careful when you say that. Say something <laughs> else. Ask them how they how they have their scone or three letters that start with their name that describes them. Yes, something really a random, random question. Just ask them and get them talking about something completely random, and they'll forget, and then you can eventually get down to the nugget of, "Are you all right?" Yeah. No. Yeah. Weird. Absolutely. What would be your number one tip when someone is struggling? Uh, I think a great thing to do, which I found was very helpful when I was struggling, was it's um, it's really important to let people know you're thinking of them, but give them the let them know that you are thinking of them, but without putting any sort of pressure on them. So if you're going to send them a message, maybe it's not put too many questions in, like just a little heads up of it, just thinking about you. Um, plan on maybe doing this let me know if you ever fancy um, stuff like that and one thing that I found particularly um, I would want people to avoid doing this was um, when I was feeling really bad and people would say oh well think of all the positives in your life like think of your girls and think of this and stuff and I was like I totally understand where you're coming from with that Um, but when you barely have the strength to look after yourself it's an added layer of guilt some people yeah so be very careful what you're pinning your kind of beacons on because that might not be the same kind of mindset they're in yeah that's that's a great point luke yeah i've i've heard that myself and saying there's always there's there's always somebody out there worse off than yourself blah 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 and yeah that just adds more guilt and think about your family think about the loved ones and it's like you you're really just kicking a man when he's down really yeah so yeah it's 
very careful what you say. But yeah, I like that, Luke. That's 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 really good. So we'll move on now to actually the battlefield. So we're coming on the battlefield now. So I understand a little bit of your story, but only briefly. So we're going to go on the battlefield. So normally what we would do is you tell me the conditions prior to a dark moment in your in your in your life mm -hmm. and what led to those situations and how you fell on the battlefield and how you got back up and kept moving forward. Okay. Now we also have we also have uh, your friend and this Dean as well. So that could be, I don't know, a second kind of battlefield moment if you battle with the smoke yourself. Yeah. So if you just want to just want to give us a description Luke, of what was happening and up to those moments, please. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'd say for a number of years, uh, I always kind of had this low mood surrounding me and it was kind of like a, it was quite stable in a lot of ways. You know, I never, I never worried too much that I might be depressed or that I might be suffering from any sort of mental health. I just thought maybe I'm just naturally the type of person that carries a bit more sadness around with me. Um, and some days it was a bit lighter to carry, some days it was a bit heavier, but again, it never kind of got to the point where I thought, ah, oh, this is really difficult or this is impacting me. And eventually it did get heavier and a lot of it was um, circumstantial. I find I found that my mental health has always been more affected by circumstances than anything else. Um, so at the time I was, I'd started going through um, separation from my wife, um, who's now my ex-wife. And we had two children together, so we separated. And that was just a big time where things got kind of very bleak for me. Um, I was living with my uncle. I had very limited financial kind of backing for myself. Um, I didn't see the girls as much as I would like to because my mental health had deteriorated to the point where I actually couldn't face like them seeing me in case they just saw me like at my lowest point and the impact yeah. it could have on them. So I very much retreated into my own world um, in that sense. And I thought maybe I should actually now start addressing this. So went to see doctors and different people and got put on anti uh, antidepressants, which kind of, I'm not sure that they ever did work for me. I'm not sure. Like, I feel like they definitely um, curbed like the, lower moods but also i found that they provided like a bit of a ceiling to actually me feeling um as normal as i would usually feel um i felt like they kind of dampened my uh, more happier emotions as well so i never yeah. really got on with them too well yeah. and it just kind of continued to spiral for me uh, i couldn't really see a way out i couldn't see any way to not feel like that and i think for me it took me I was actually walking to a bridge and quickly messaging my mum and saying, I've had enough of this now. Um, no way. I don't think I want to, like, I don't think I want to keep doing this. Um, and it was just one of those weird feelings where I stood at a bridge and I kind of looked one way and it was a bridge and I looked another way and it was a bench um, in a park. It was just in Dean, actually. Um, mm -hmm. It was a bench I've walked past hundreds of times and I just kind of walked slowly towards the bench and sat down. Um, and as like luck would have it, I guess, or just whatever kind of intervention you want to put it on. Uh, my uncle was already out looking for me and kind of came and sat beside me on the bench and he was just oh, like, yeah. hey, you're right. 
And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you want to come back to mine? Do you want to sit here? Um, I said, well, we'll have a walk back to yours. And I think like that was that was the lowest point. Like that was the point where I was just like, right, that got bad. Um, that got really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I was living with him at the time anyway. So we went back. Uh, my mum came around and I think she really struggled because she actually had COVID at the time. So oh, she okay. kind of came around but was like stood like 10 meters away and she was just like right. i just want to come over and make sure you're all right and i was like yeah i was like i was like yeah but i mean i think on top of all of this me catching covid probably wouldn't be the best thing <laughs> um and so it was just at that point where we kind of we sat the three of us for hours and hours and just chatted about everything and i kind of opened up a lot about what was going on with, with me and like why i felt like this and to some extent like explaining why i felt that i didn't fit in this kind of um I guess role I had or this like my I don't want to say my place in the world because I always felt like I did belong here but for whatever reason at that point I didn't feel that I was um fitting into any aspect of any part of the world yeah Um, I understand that yeah so we went through a lot of all that stuff and then I vividly remember just to lighten the tone a tiny bit (laughs) I vividly remember that like I poured a bowl of granola and um just started eating it from the bowl and my mum was like oh are you not going to have some milk or something on that to like make it like not as dry? And I was like, Yeah, everything that's happened today, and your biggest concern is that I'm choosing <laughs> granola. <laughs> so I was like, she just kind of looked and she's like, mm, No, no, I got, yeah, fair, fair <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was like, I think that was like the, the like the lowest point of that. Mm. And but then after that, I think it's kind of like that's where the work begins. Um, because spiraling down to that point is pretty hard and it will take a massive toll on you but getting yeah. to that point and going okay like it's time to head back up yeah, that's when you really have to kind of it yeah. is a long way and i have always talked to people and said and it's not linear like people seem to mm. worry that like oh my mental health's been really bad um but now i'm going to start like climbing up like climbing up my mountain um a lot of people compare it to a mountain and i don't like that description because when you get to the top of a mountain you either stand up there and freeze or you have to go down. So I just prefer right. it as like, it's just a journey. It's, it's flat. Let's say it's flat. Right. Okay. Um, if you go, if you turn left at the crossroads, you should turn right. That's all right. Because if you turn left enough times, you'll get back to where you started. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so after that, it was just, let's just, let's just climb and let's just see how long we can climb for um, or walk even. Let's see how long we can walk this off for. And that's pretty much what I did to begin with. Um, I got up in the morning, every morning, and at about seven o'clock, and I would go out and I'd walk through Jesmond Dean for hours and hours and hours on end. And after right, I did just that walked. About, just walked, and I think I did that for about three three or four weeks. And that was and helping, like, was it? Yeah, I think it was, um, it was a nice way for me to keep moving, um, mm. but also kind of um, being able to, like, play things in my head as I walked. Because I always found if you're walking, you can distract yourself as you will notice things, you will see things. Um, yeah, whereas I feel if you like if you sat still, sometimes it gets too heavy. I feel when you're walking, mm-hmm. you feel like sometimes something that you're going through in your head drops off because you're like, oh, well, actually, I'm walking. I've just done a really like strenuous walk up this steep hill, and that stress I was carrying about something completely else has been consumed by yeah. the exercise I was doing, and mm-hmm. it's disappeared. Um, but also, I mean, I wouldn't fully recommend doing it to the extent I did it. So I was getting home at night and my legs were absolutely wrecked, like to the point where I was like crawling up the stairs. No way. Um, 
Are you walking some miles in a day, were you? Uh, I think, well, I've head out at like seven o'clock in the morning and not stop walking until about oh, four in the afternoon. Really? You're out yeah. all day? Yeah, it was just laps and laps and laps. And um, yeah. and I think a lot of it was like, for me, it felt like I was escaping from mm. whatever it is I was dealing with. But actually, the yeah. reality is I was dealing with it. But I was dealing with it in a way where it was lighter for me because I was out in nature and that's always been a thing for me like if I'm out in the wilds or anywhere I always feel better mm-hmm. so yeah and I guess from that point it was just carrying on the walk but like the walk very much became a figurative thing as opposed to an actual thing because I don't know how to manage to continue my streak of walking that far um, and that's when I started like reaching out to people um, that I probably had shut down from for over the last few months of nice. when that was all happening and kind of starting to get back in touch with those people that were extremely close to me, uh, one of which was Dean. Uh-huh. And so Dean um, Dean was someone I met in 2011. And I'll explain the circumstances of how we met, but I'm not sure you're going to believe me, but I can honestly say it. Come on then, yeah. Right. True. So when I was younger... I was absolutely obsessed with um, pro wrestling, like WWE. Um, the right, Rockstar yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, I was, and I remember like, pet, like my mum, my uncle, everyone when I was young, they used to be like, what do you want to be when you're older? I want to be a wrestler. And they were just like, <laughs> all right. You know, I'm, a, I'm a pretty slight guy. There's not much on me. Um, I was even smaller then. I don't think I actually grew until I was about 16, 17. I think I was about five foot four until I was right. about, yeah, 16. So they were just looking, just like, oh, <laughs> right. Bless them. And I remember <laughs> all the, yeah, exactly. Just like, oh. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, and I was thinking, you know, one day I am going to, I am going to be a, I am going to be a wrestler and I'm going to show you all. Okay. So I actually ended up going to wrestling training as I got older and um, learning how to like be like a semi-pro wrestler, like as the style you see on the television, like within the ring. Oh, wow. And everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I did that for quite a few years, met Dean through wrestling. He was big into that as well, um, but from Ireland. So I met him on a show that we did in the Northeast. And it was just one of those people where you meet and you have a little bit of a chat and you're like, oh, I really liked that guy. He was really nice. And then start seeing him a bit more on a few different shows. And we just, the friendship just developed from there. Um, and very much became someone that I would ring and have a chat with about wrestling to begin with, like ask yeah. for his advice and what would you do in this situation? Um, I've been offered this work here but I don't know if I should take it etc and wow. so he became like a sound board in that sense uh-huh. and I think our friendship just naturally developed from there so whenever he was doing shows over here he would come and stop at mine and then I think we just kept in touch most weeks we used to either ring each other or a lot of the time we'd send voice notes because I always find text to be a bit soulless right. um, I understand it's a place and life and like how we do as a yeah. society now yeah. kind of lean towards texting but I would um I would always voice note Dean because I always found that if I was struggling with something you can mask it in a text yeah you can exactly. it around it but if you're actually talking you'll always let something slip that you didn't realize mm-hmm. and you hear it in your voice as well yeah yeah and it might just be one of those subconscious kind of sorry one of those subconscious pleas for help that you've let out mm. and yeah. someone pick up on that. So we did a lot of that. And I remember the, the summer following um, all that stuff we just talked about, 
And I've had the old went to Ireland and I thought, well, I'll come across with you. Um, I've got nothing else to do in the summer. I've pretty much right. uh, got nothing, literally nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> holidays from school. Um, so I flew across as well, but stopped with Dean for a few days. And he was like, right, come on, what's what's going on? Because we'd been chatting, we'd obviously been chatting and he knew everything. But when I got there, he was kind of like, right, I'm going to straighten you out now. Um, oh, but in a very supportive way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we had a really big chat when I stopped at his, and he kind of he, he just gave me a lot of very good advice, um, uh-huh. and a lot of like just like a lot of the things that were very personal, like because of our friendship, things that he knew he could mention, things that he knew he had to skirt around. Uh-huh. And I just came away from like having stopped with him and then going to my family, which is very much like a big, and I admit that actually I totally understand what he means, and I totally understand how he said that. But he was very much also just kind of fly across here as many times as you want. You know, whenever it gets bad, oh, wow. instead, of, right. instead of disappearing off, book a flight and I'll pick uh-huh. up the airport. He said, if this needs to be the place you come to escape, then make it that place. Right. Um, and yeah, we um, continue to see each other on and off. And then the following, well, the next two summers later, which had been the summer just gone, we went across the island again, but this time it was me and the girls and my partner, Becca, and our daughter. We went across. Oh, no, sorry, we didn't. It was a wedding. It was me and Becca and Essie, the baby. Mm-hmm. And we were passing through Dublin. Um, so we just met Dean for maybe an hour for a quick coffee. Right. And he met Essie, he met Becca, who he'd not met before, which was lovely. Right. Yeah. And Essie was a notoriously difficult baby. Like, no one was allowed to touch Essie. Some days I wasn't allowed to touch Essie. It was only for <laughs> Becca. Right. And she went straight to Dean and sat on his knee for like half an hour. Without like batting an eyelid and I was like, oh, okay. And then that was the towards the end of August. Um this summer just gone. And so we saw him then, came home. And was then, he in good spirits then uh, as well, like was he? He was, um, as far yeah. as I could tell. But then weirdly Becca said to me as we were driving away, she's like, he seems like a sad person. Oh. I was like, oh. And I'd never kind of seen it. And uh-huh. I don't know whether or not it's because Becca had seen me like that or just because she's got a good kind of like ability to sense stuff like that. Yeah. But nice. yeah, as somebody said, she said he was absolutely lovely. Um, really enjoyed meeting him. Really thought he was nice, dead warm, dead welcoming, really funny. She said, but yeah, he seems like a sad person. Oh. And I was like, oh, and I'd never spotted that. Um, right. I knew he'd kind of had times in his life where things had happened that had impacted on him. Um, his granddad died a few years ago now, and that really had a big effect on him. Um, he had a very, very close relationship with his granddad. Um, so I knew that that had upset him, and that he was carrying around a lot of grief with that. Mm-hmm. But it never kind of, for me, it never defined him as a person. <clears throat> You have to edit out all his coffins. <laughs> That's um, right. Sorry. And yeah, and then so I spoke to him then. We spoke a few times towards the very end of August. And then I remember I was going to do the Great North Run, which was the 10th, was it the 10th this year? Yeah, yeah 10th of September, yeah. yeah. 10th, yeah. I remember I'd got all my stuff, got ready, and I was walking across the town we were, um, towards the start uh-huh. line. Yep. And obviously just hundreds of people everywhere. Yep. And got a message off my ex-wife and it was just three words um on oh, no, a two words sorry and it just said um south dead question mark 
and oh. Sophie was Dean. Um, yeah. And so I, like, I just looked at my phone and I was like, what? Jeez. So yeah. I messaged back and I just said, what do you mean? Which is like, she messaged again saying, oh, she's like, Dean from Ireland, like, Dean's dead. And I was like, and you when you look at your phone again, you think, no, that's, that, that's, that's how she talked right. to you. I mean, in her defense, I don't, I think she knew, actually, she thought I knew. Right. Great, I great. think she thought, I think she was like messaging in the sense of, oh my God, I've just found out. I didn't realize. Right. Yeah. So I think for her, it was a, it was a bigger shock as like when I, when, when mm. I found out, even though I found mm. out from her, I think hers, I think it was a reaction of she realized and messaged me as if like, oh my God, I didn't know. But yeah. I think her shock was so much because she knew him as well. Was just right. That, that's just what she went with. I don't think it was ever like it. Okay, yeah. But you're yeah, walking like, to the start of the Great North Run and get walking this text. to the start. Yeah, get this text and I just messaged back. I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "And um, she was like, all the social have disappeared." And she said, "So I was just like, because he ran his own like PT business." And she was like, "All the socials disappeared." And I used to follow his pages. And she said, "And so I googled them." And she said, "And the first thing that came up was like um, tributes to him." And I was, just, I was I was still a bit like, nah, this is not right. Um, and she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize he didn't know. And I was like, no, it's fine. Oh, just, um, I was like, I'm just on my way to the Great North Run. And she was just like, oh, you're all right. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to go and run. Like, that's all. That was in my head at that point. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to go and run. Like, that's all. That's I'll be fine. I'll just run. Right. And um, <clears throat> so, like, once I got off, stopped messaging her, and then I just started Googling him. And like, oh, yeah, all the stuff started coming up. Um, like, people paying tributes. Um, like a few people that were in like the WWE who knew him through wrestling were like there was like all the headlines like WWE stars pay tributes to um like local um really? local Dubliner who's um, right. died and so I was getting like good, frantically googling I messaged him um just asking if he was all right like my, the message yeah. just went to one tick on WhatsApp and I was just like oh and then I went on Instagram and everything had disappeared. Um, so then I messaged Becca just to see, and I, I think I sent Becca the same message I got sent, just saying Dean's dead. And so, like, she she rang, and I just was like, I couldn't answer the phone. Like, I just, can't talk. Like, I didn't, right. want to, just didn't want to talk. I was surrounded by people, and I had like my sunglasses on. I'm fairly sure I was just crying my eyes out behind my sunglasses. Oh, miss. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she was like, Do you want me to come pick you up? And I was like, No, no. I said, I, I need to run. I guess so she's like, Who are you running with? Because she knew a lot of the Heat and Harry as so running. She's like, "Are you running with anyone?" I was like, "I, I was like, I don't know. I, was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that I need to get yeah. to the start line and just go, and then I'll sort this all out later." And um, yeah, went to the Great North Run. Um, obviously, saw a few people and just like didn't say anything. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're right, you're right." And um, yeah. kind of got like just found my place in the line in the build up, and then just the minute. The minute the um we got like enough space to pick up speed, I think I think passed like the start line, and I think I like I ran those first two miles in like six and a half minutes um, per mile because I was just like right, let's go, mm-hmm. and then slowly just kind of realized what I was doing. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm gonna pass out yeah. by like, right. mile four if I do this. So then just hit the brakes a bit, and then and that's when it kind of started like hitting me like every couple of steps. I was like, nah, he's not dead. It's like this is ridiculous. And then in my head, I was like. Well, I wonder what's happened. Like, I wonder if he, well, he must have, like, he must have been in an accident. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's definitely been in an accident. He's been in a car right. crash or he's. So, all these thoughts are going through your mind. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, something's happened at the gym. Like, it's been an accident at the gym. Mm. And then after that, I was like, oh, well, actually, he was trying to, you know, like, you go to the extremes. I was like, well, actually, no, he was trying to open up a gym. And I wonder if it was, like, a bit of heart. Or I wonder if it was a bit, like, territorial and someone's, like, done something to him. And, you know, and, like, you just go over everything. Yeah. Um, but in my head, I just knew. I knew that he'd, um, knew that he'd like, taken his own life. Um, and I think I just didn't want to, like, loop around to that at that point. But um, yeah, I, like he'd never struck me as the person that would do that, and we'd never talked about his mental health because he just never seemed to like he never showed any signs of ever needing to talk about it. Right. And he never did talk about it, and whether or not there was other people in his life that possibly lived closer to home and things that he did speak to, and that was an easier kind of way for him to do it potentially. But as far as I was concerned, like. Dean was the person that sorted problems out. He wasn't the person that had problems. And that's become quite apparent from like a lot of the tributes that I've seen and a lot of like the kind of posts that people have put up about him. Every single person that's ever put up a post about him has said, help me in some really dark times. It was always there when I was going through troubles. Right. Yeah. And then you start spotting the pattern going, oh, he was there for that person. He was there for that person. There for for that everyone. Person. And it suddenly becomes like a, why was that so important? And now, like, it was important because that's what he was like. That's him as a human. Like, he would just yeah. barrel into any situation to help someone. But also now, on reflection, it's probably because he was feeling it and he knew exactly yeah. how hard it was and he just didn't want people to suffer how he was suffering. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, finished finished the run. Um. And even then, it was, like, a bit... It was just like I got to the finish line and there was people like, obviously people are ecstatic they've just run the great yeah. off run. And, and, and then you're there of, with your battle. Yeah, just I remember just kind of numbly walking past the finish line and someone handed me a bag and I presume that was what my medal and stuff was in because I knew, like, when I got home I had the medal and things, but I don't actually consciously remember lining to get one or anything like that. Right. Um, and I remember kind of like sitting on a bit of grass as the red arrows flew overhead and that's just a bit yeah. like... Fuck, I was like, God, and Dean would hear this. Like, he would. He would just be like, oh, this is shite. Like, just, let's just go somewhere <laughs> and, like, go. So, um, so, yeah, I just jumped on a bus and went home. And then, like, I remember walking, like, my girls were at my mum's and I remember walking through the door. And my mum just being like, are you? And I was like, I'm fine, don't. Like, we're not talking about it now. We'll, we will talk about right. it. And I said, but let's just, like, I just want to go. But not now. Yeah. And... Yeah, and it just kind of, that was, uh, it was National Suicide Prevention Day as well. Um, it was, yeah. yeah. So, so it was the 4th of September that he, um, that he like, kinda was no longer with us. Um, and then I found out on the 10th. And I think the trouble was, well, not the trouble, but he deleted all his social medias. So his family had right. to kind of literally track down people to let them know. And it was very piece by piece that people were finding out. Right. And um, I remember like going through a few different avenues on social media to try and find members of his family because I didn't really know any members of his family because me and Dean were, had a like exceptionally strong friendship, but it was very much me and him. We like we knew of each other's families, but we never spoke about them. We never kind of talked too much about them. Um, so I managed to track down his cousin. And spoke to her, um, and she's kind of confirmed everything. And 
like so explained what had happened and there was even little things like by the time I'd found out it already had his funeral oh. and so like so I was like I couldn't even go to that but he sent me like the link to it mm. and I think I've watched it on like fast forward once where I literally just like got here like click the button at the bottom where you can speed things up and just slowly dragged it through the entire funeral like just watched the car right. come and watched the car and leave and that was enough for me at that point. I might yeah. like revisit it at some point. And um she sent me a link to it's like a really famous Irish singer who um found out about Dean through his family and things and kind of like did a tribute and sang a song and I've not quite managed to watch that yet either because oh, wow. I think it might just be one of those ones that just I think if yeah. I start watching it um and I'm in the wrong frame of mind, I'll just be a bubbling wreck for the next few days. Um, and so, yeah, so, like, since I've spoken to people about it, everyone's been like, did you, like, they were like, so you did the Great North Run, like, 10 minutes after you found out? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, why? And I was like, well, because if Dean hadn't have been dead, and I'd have pulled out of running a race, um, because he was, he would have beaten me up. Because he would have just been like, no. He's like, you don't do stuff like that. He's like... This is exercise. Right. You will go and you will you will yeah. run. You will do your run, and afterwards, if you want to get upset, you can. But you will do your run first. Mm, and so, that, yeah. yeah, and I just thought, oh yeah, well, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to run it. Like I'm here now. It's like, and I'll, I'll only get a neck from later down the line if I don't do it. Like at some point, I'm sure we'll see each other at some point in the distant futures. So I was just like, I'm going to have to run, or else I'll never get the end of it. But um. Following on from that, it kind of like made me realize how much he was actually doing for so many different people. Yeah. And I just thought, what can I do? Um, because he gave so much to yeah. not just me, but everyone. And what can I do to give something back? And yeah. sadly, I can't give anything back to Dean at this point. Um, I can give things to his memory and I can like do things and make his family aware of it to show the impact that he had on people's lives mm. um but i can't do anything for dean but um it sounds, like, it sounds like an it sounds like an amazing person as well though luke to have that much of an effect on so many people yeah absolutely and um yeah and it was it was just like watching the kind of like watching like all the threads kind of combine yeah. as um as i read more, more of these tributes because uh, it was like it was on different like wrestling Facebook pages because people mm-hmm. like different companies that he'd worked for had announced it. And the uh, Dublin's football club, the boss, the Bows, had um mm-hmm. they'd like announced it at the stadium because he was such like a well known like supporter. Right. And then so people have like posted on lots of different kind of forums and lots of different social medias. Um and it's it is it's just story after story after story. Of what he's doing, all saying the same thing. What a great person yeah. he was! It would help anyone, yeah. yeah and we would let anyone know that he was suffering. Yeah, and that's it. And um, it's just like I think one. I think the, the comment that hit me the most was just mm-hmm. um, someone just commented saying, "I just wish you knew how much you were loved, and that you could love yourself like we do, like we love you." And that was that's it. Like, uh, yeah, and he did. He just. He had that kind of like he was loved, like everyone loved him, and yeah. And did and he yeah, did he know that? Well, no, I don't think he did. Is the sad misses the impact he had on everyone? How, how highly thought of he was by everyone? Yeah, 
Wow. Um, what we'll do now, Luke, as I can say, it's, it's quite emotional for you and it's quite a story. We'll take a little uh, comfort break now and then we'll come back and we'll find out how you're trying to do more for Dean and uh, what yeah. that involves. Cool. Perfect. The new shoe by Mr. P is on the streets. Yes, advertising a shoe on the number one podcast person Al Battles isn't the best, but I can tell you it does look good. These shoes will freak you out with Bloodshot Red technology. The shoes that will blow everyone away. The Mr. Psycho Shoe, out now. It's waiting in the shadows. It hunts those who are suffering. It does not feel pain or pity, and it absolutely will not stop. It's coming to make you feel alone, and take you back to the darkness. Well, no more. A new medicine's on the market. A medicine that will kick this monster in the nuts and it's a podcast called personal battles next time you feel depression coming say not today i've listened to a podcast with al and a swan i had an idea but i forgot about it but then i remembered it my idea was to put on a music festival a music festival from bands that just you like yes you I'm not going to name the bands because you know what you like. And none of those other bands that you don't like, no, they love you there. Just the bands that you like. Yeah, picture them. Yes. Do you want to go and see a festival with those bands? That'd be great, wouldn't it? If you book tickets, they will come. Maybe. But why don't you try? Book tickets for the Personal Festival. The first one ever, and possibly the last. But book tickets and see what happens. They might show up, I don't know. Okay, welcome back to the show. I hope you like those adverts, whatever they were. And uh, now we're going back to Luke. Um, we left we left him on the battlefield in quite a position. Let's just say we left him at the end of the Great North Run, where everyone is celebrating, and Luke's in a pretty difficult position with the news he's just been given, and then having to do that long run, and the thoughts going through his head. So now let's find out how he started turning things back around and what he could do. On that point, for Dean, over to you, Luke. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, following like the initial kind of shock and kind of that grieving process, I came out of that. Um, I've kind of went back to the things he told me that summer. Like these are the things that we're going to do to help you. And I thought, right, what what am I now going to do to help people like Dean, uh, help people like myself? You know. Um, yeah. Yep. And I kind of just thought, well. Like what? What can I? What can I do that I like? What's my passion, and how can I use that to help people? Because that's what Dean did. Dean's passion was exercise, and he used that to help people. But that was because of who he was as a person. It's not because he was like this fanatic about exercise. I think he actually right. could see <clears throat> the difference in people's mindsets when they were working with him. And when they start getting different results, and I think for him, he wasn't just teaching people to lift heavier weights or get fitter. 
he was teaching people how to deal with life and he was giving them these skills and these strengths to do that he was building their resilience and he was showing them that they were accepted regardless of what you wow. look like and what you may feel like mm-hmm. um and so i thought there's there's not many things that i do in life that are going to raise money but i can run um and i'm a pretty decent runner yeah you but i wanted to give myself a challenge that would make people kind of go yeah this is this is serious right and What's so this serious was, challenge then this is yeah so i was lying in bed and i just thought i'm gonna run 100 100k in a day um what? and so i appreciate there's a lot of people that would just go oh right yeah 100k we do that all the time in old dress but i started running about about this time last year um right so, that's why you started so, <laughs> So, so I was like, right, well, I'll run 100k next year. Um, I've not run a marathon. I've never run more than about 13, 14 miles, but let's just do it. Um, and so I planned to do it in February, uh, this February. Um, yeah. And my initial plan was I was going to do 20 laps of the Town Moor Park Run. Because I thought every wow. lap's 5k. I know it is, and I can just go for it. And I thought the weather's going to be awful. Oh, it's going to be cold, it's going to be dark, it's going to be wet, it's going to be miserable. It's going to be monotonous. But you're really selling it to yourself. <laughs> well, and I just thought, but that's the mental health battle. That That right. is it. It's cold, it's dark, it's wet, it's monotonous. And a lot of the time you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. And so yeah. I thought, I, I want whatever I do, I want it to reflect what the reason behind it is. And I think the beautiful thing about it is that since I said I'm going to do it, I must have had about... 20 or 30 people say to me, you're not running that alone. I'll be running with you for 10K. Oh, I'll wow. be there for 5K. I'll run the full thing with you. I'll turn up for the last 10K. I'll I'll come in the middle when your head's really going to be dropping. And I was like, that is Dean for me. That is, it's those yeah. people that are just going to appear and go, we've got you. Let's run. Um, oh, wow. And so it was like full training mode for that. Um, and then sadly, I just keep picking up a niggle in um, I think it might be an IT band issue and it just keeps setting me back from getting those longer runs done so instead of being bullheaded and pushing on with it I've decided actually you no know, follow them follow an actual plan and I'm going to push it back to April and give myself a bit more time to like fully heal up but also get some of those longer runs that I was missing into my legs and the charity I've decided to raise for is um suicide it's um pips suicide prevention island um right. and they work predominantly with like families of people that have um lost them onto suicide or people that are in the midst of a battle like that and i just thought it's kind of given a little bit of something to everyone that i know can yeah. be affected um so that's the goal 100k in a day and i'm probably i'm going to change up the route because I want to actually now incorporate a loop that goes past my house so I don't have to carry an enormous backpack full of supplies. All right, you keep jumping in and get uh, a kick <laughs> Well, yeah, stuff like that. Because I was like, if I, so I thought, oh, well, I'll just set up a little station on the town where I'll keep my water and I'll keep like gels and I'll keep different things that I need. And I was told, it's Newcastle, it's a town where someone will nick it. Like, yeah, it's not going to stay around there for long. <laughs> all my kick cats will be gone. So I was probably more sensible to actually just. <laughs> run a 10 mile loop or a six mile loop and just keep grabbing like keep grabbing a sandwich as I pass the door or something um so I'm going to change the route up but I'll put like a I'll put a map up on the actual fundraising page um but yeah I just thought that's a 
for me, that's something I can do. And it's something that everyone can join in with if they want. So I would like kind of say to anyone that wants to join in, if you're coming to run for me to help me, thank you so much. But if you just want to come get your head down and run some miles because you are struggling or because you feel like you want to do it or because you want to do it in memory of someone, then yeah, come and run as well because there's no judgment on that road. You know, we're just, we're just going to run. And that's all we're going to do. We're going to run and we're going to, if you feel like you want to battle something in your head, let's battle it. If you just want to run for the fitness or if you want to do people that likes to run 50 miles a week and you're 10 short, yeah, come and join me because at some point I may need carries, but it'll be great. <laughs> oh, I love that, Luke. Because I was thinking there when you talk about Tom Miller and running around there, and I know you're a good runner in the pace you run. I wouldn't be able to run with you, even though you'd be like, you know, on 90k. Nah, just, but run around your turn, house. Turn up, and... turn, turn up at 60 miles, dude, you'll be great. I will, I will be there as well for you, Luke. I will run around Thank and I'll say so it much, now, man. and we'll, uh, we'll, I'll say it as much as I can on the podcast. If anyone else is out there who wants to join in with myself and Luke, run around his house, uh, we'll do it. We'll, we'll keep mentioning the date and stuff, and I will be there, Luke. You also say you've got a fundraising page as well, mate. What's that? Give it a plug. So yeah, it'll just be if you search my name, Luke O'Neill. It's an in memory page, and it's the title of it is a thousand pounds to Pip Suicide Prevention Island. I'm aiming for a thousand pound. Anything that I raise, I'll be happy with. You know, like absolutely anything. Right. Um, the it's more the doing and being able to give a little something, regardless of what that is. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. So it's on my. Um, I've got it linked into my bio on Instagram as well, um, which is LJ O'Neill, uh-huh. and I'm going to pop it up on my Strava as well, which I believe is just Luke O'Neill. Um, my Strava's open anyone can see that my instagram not so much mm. but yeah um if you search Luke O'Neill on just give it in and look for anything to do with kind of pips suicide prevention that should bring you to my page um i'll try and i'll get you a link sent across as well if that would be yeah what yeah for all you listeners out there uh if you've been quite moved by luke's story and uh, i would think everyone has been then why not have a look on his fundraising page and i'll put a link on the podcast on the episode that this has been going to go out on and also put through some links for stories throughout the week as well just to keep reminding you that uh, Luke's doing this amazing thing uh, for Dean and for Pip's suicide prevention so if you can give a little bit if you can because it's going to such a good cause it's regarding mental health and what we talk about on this show and if you're in the uh, Newcastle area when Luke's running, why don't you join Luke and some distance behind him, me, uh, <laughs> running as well. So, yeah, we'll do that as well. Thanks so much. Thank you, all. No worries, mate. So, yeah, thanks for your battle, mate, and for sharing your story. And I think I think you said as well that it was probably the first time you've actually said the whole thing in one go. Is that right, Luke? Yeah, yeah. I think it's been very much like, snippets here snippets there and you can kind of tailor how far you want to talk about things but yeah that was very much uh i think that was the first time of kind of going this is how my story started this is where dean's became story dean's story became yeah. part of my story and now this is how we're going to finish it this is how we're going to finish that story but you, you told it really well mate and uh, dean would be thank proud you. of that as well thanks mate thank thanks for being on this thanks for sharing that story and now the that uh, part of the show is over, so let's try and move on. (laughs) 
Okay, Luke, can I have your friendly fire question, please? Yeah, so my friendly fire question would be if you had a, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? But the catch is that it has to be something ridiculous. For example, mine would be that I would. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's just stop it there and uh, we'll go to uh, the end of the show. We, unfortunately, oh, we've run out of time again. It always happens, but stay tuned. Next week's show, we'll find out what Luke's superpower is, even though it's probably something crazy or ridiculous. Let's find out next week. So what have I learned from Luke's story? Well, firstly, he told it so well. I was right with him all the way through that. Such a moving story. And it reminds me as well to remember that you never know what's going on with somebody. So for me, the Great North Run. People who follow me on Personal Best, my running account, will realise at the Great North Run, I was probably having one of the best days of my life. And yet, there's Luke, not too far from me, who I didn't know at the time. And to all appearances, just looks like another runner. But behind those sunglasses, he's crying. His heart's breaking because he's just found out the news that he's lost his friend Dean. Dean took his life when he was 35 years old. And from Luke's story, he sounds like a brilliant guy who would help anyone and was so loved. And that comment that he shared as well, saying, I wish you knew how much you were loved. Yeah, because he probably didn't. And that's really sad. So, for Luke's friend, Dean, and for last episode for my friend Andy whatever you're doing whatever your next glass is going to be all can I say is please raise a glass to absent friends and on a lighter note can I say please tune in for next week because you have to hear Luke's answer to his friendly fire question I've never laughed so much. I was not expecting that. That is a genius answer. So I just want to say thank you, Luke, for being on the show. During a break in recording, he told me that's the first time he's said the story in its entirety. He's told snippets to people, but never all the way through. And I don't know if you can pick it up from the recording, but I could see... He was getting quite emotional about it. Him and Dean must have been so close. And at the time of recording, it's only been four months. So, yeah, that is still pretty raw with Luke. So thank you for sharing, Luke. Be Kind Corner! So, as you've heard, Luke's organising this challenge in memory of Dean and running for Pip's Suicide Prevention. So there's no way I'm going to miss that. So Luke, I will be there and I will be running with you or perhaps a mile behind you. But I will be there somewhere, sweating. So in this kind corner section, all I can say is if you've been moved by Luke's story, I'll be putting up his Just Giving page and just have a look at it. Have a little read of the story and just if you want to donate, that'll be amazing. But no pressure, no hard sell. Just, it's going to be out there. Um, I've given him a donation and I'm going to be there with him as well. So, yeah. Luke, let's hopefully 
with a few listeners from the podcast, we can get a few more, uh, few more pennies for you for such a great cause. Personal contact. If you have a story and think it needs to be heard on personal battles as it could help someone, drop me a message. On our social media platforms, I recently asked a few questions. These were, does the show help? Is the host annoying? And do you have a story? Michelle replied back saying, show helps a lot. Host is not, I repeat, not annoying. Don't have a story. That's fine, Michelle. And love the show. It's brilliant, funny, sad, moving, inspiring. Just brilliant. Wow. Now, thanks, Michelle. That is truly great feedback. And also a double brilliant. And some of those words, exactly what I want the show to be. Sad, moving, inspiring, inspiring, brilliant, funny. Love all of that. So, yeah, you are now our number one fan with a double brilliant. If there's anyone out there who fancies getting to the top of the number one fan leaderboard with maybe, I don't know, a triple brilliant, drop me a message. Let's see how far this can go. But currently, Michelle is in the lead with a double brilliant. Thank you. If you've got any feedback for the show or what you'd like to hear or want to answer the question, is the host annoying? Uh, feel free to do so, but uh, remember, be kind. Okay, that's another episode almost done. So... In the words of Michelle, our number one fan, I hope you and I hope you found this show helps a lot. That the host is not annoying. That you love the show; it's brilliant, funny, sad, moving, inspiring, and just double brilliant. Remember, be kind to yourself and others. You're doing great. You are going to smash it. I'm Al. You can find me on social media. Search person underscore Al underscore best. This was Personal Battles, person underscore Al underscore Battles. Keep some laughter in your heart and please, please stay with us. Until next time, it's goodbye from Al. (laughs) 